Welcome along to the Go Play Soccer podcast with host Manchester United Academy coach Tom Statham. At Go Play, our aim is to bring people together from all across the world to discuss the beautiful game. Tom Statham here, and today on the Go Play podcast, we are talking with Lawrence Wyke, who plays for the Tampa Bay Rowdies in the USL. I first saw Lawrence when he was an eight-year-old boy beginning his journey in the academy at Manchester United. From Manchester United, he went to Repton School in Derbyshire, then to university in the States and played for Atlanta United after university, where he made seven appearances in the MLS before signing recently for the legendary Tampa Bay Rowdies franchise in America's second tier of professional football. Joining us is Doug Allison, who is the head coach at Lawrence's alma mater, Furman University in South Carolina, plus three lads who followed Lawrence's footsteps by going from Repton School to Furman. We've got Luke Tandy, Jake Rain, and Tommy Redhead. So welcome everyone to the Go Play Soccer podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank You're you. very welcome, guys. Hope, hope we have a good time. Now, we're going to start with Lawrence. You recently uh, signed for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. How's that going, Lawrence? How's Tampa Bay? How's the team? Preseason preparations. Now, what are your what are your first impressions of Tampa Bay Rowdies? Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, preseason has been very difficult um, down here in Florida. It's 80, you know, to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, crazy climate. Uh, playing a little bit of a different role in the center of the field this year, similar to you know what I did uh, under Dougie at Furman. Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. The team's great. There's high expectations, you know, after last year winning the um, USL Eastern Conference champion. Ship, uh, and then now, yeah, just getting ready with kind of a little bit of a new team. Uh, excited to see uh, where May 1st takes us. And is there a difference already between Atlanta United and, and Tampa Bay Rowdies? How things are done, the coaching staff, and so on? Yeah, definitely. Um, at Atlanta, you know, you've got your designated players and high caliber um, players that come from South America and Europe um, in the USL, there's less of a disparity between the team. Everyone's, you know, similar ability. Um, everyone likes to work hard, you know, and uh, it's much more of a team environment, I would probably say, at Tampa Bay. Fantastic. And what are your goals for the new season? You said that they won the East last time. Looking to repeat that? Yeah, looking to repeat. Uh, win the Eastern Conference uh, last year, uh, due to COVID, they weren't able to play the Eastern and Western Conference uh they weren't sorry the champions of the west and the east weren't allowed to play each other uh in the usl championship so hopefully get there this year and uh you know win it all so let, let's bring coach doug in from Furman university what what are your memories of uh of lawrence playing for your college team Furman? just great memories i think more competitive than just about any player we've had since really clint dempsey uh he was he was that competitive when he first came in um, and to see how ferocious he was in the tackle and how he chased and how he just was competitive in every position that he wanted to play. So it was very difficult to know exactly where to play him at first, Tom. But we end up settling, as he alluded to, as in kind of more in the sixth role. Um, but he did start wandering and carrying the ball up the pitch a little bit because he's got a pretty good shot on him as well. So uh, uh, just having him on the team just settled a lot of things down and having that sort of leadership and that that tenacious person in the middle of the field was like having a bulldog in there. It was great just to jo have him join our team, that's for sure. That's great. And you've got three other Repton lads on your team at the moment, coach. And Luke Tandy is the eldest. He's going to be going into his junior year 
um, in the fall, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so, Luke, tell us a bit about yourself and, and how you went from Repton to Furman University. So, yeah, um, obviously, I knew Lawrence from Repton and I kind of told him that I was interested in coming to America. And I didn't really know too much about it, to be honest. And uh, he kind of just gave me Doug's contact information and I kind of just sent him some footage over and had a few calls with Doug. And, yeah, it seemed like uh, that was the path that I could take. And I was happy. And obviously, thank you, Lars, for putting me in for that uh, on the day. And uh, then I met Doug when he came over to the UK he was recruiting a few guys and got to like meet him for the first time in person and just everything that I that he told me on the phone and in person was just what Loz had kind of talked about and it seemed like a great opportunity for me to take and I haven't really looked back to be honest it's been great. Yeah so what's that that transition been like Luke from from English football I know you know when you're at uh, Repton you're obviously doing well in the in the teams at Repton but you also played for Burton Albion's academy and I think you actually played for the reserve team a few times and you you were doing well there so that transition from high level school football in England and and being in an academy and reserve team at a professional club how was that transition for you from that to soccer in America? I think it's just um, like the standard out here is still quite high and I think a lot of the people think oh you're going to play football in America it's not like the Premier League but it it's a lot more based. You have to, I think you have to be a lot fitter. There's a lot more of a gym aspect to it. And I find back home, it was more like tactical and technical. And I find as you come out to America, you realise that there are bigger lads than you. There are lads that are fitter. And you you have to, I think, work harder to get into the teams and to, to stay on top of your game. And I think that's something that, like, coming from the UK, that, that was what was the main difference, basically. Because the UK was more just like technical ability and, uh, they didn't really emphasize the gym as much. So that's a big American kind of thing, which I think a lot of English guys have to adopt when they come over. And Jake, would you, would you agree with that? I totally agree. I follow in Lawrence's and Luke's footsteps. And Lawrence was actually in my house at Repton, like before I came. So obviously all I could hear was, I was just hearing lots about Lars and like his journey. And you were you were playing at Stoke City in their academy when you first came to Repton. And again, how, how was the difference for you in in the standard of football between England and the States? All the different types of football, the academy football, Repton football, and then American football, like it's all so much different different types at all. And then I was first I was juggling playing Stoke and doing Repton, and that got too much. So I sided with Mr. Carrington, my old Repton manager, to just focus on Repton and then try and do this American journey and then that's what I always had in my sights so I decided to do that and then coming over here just a different type of football was you have to be a lot fitter like Luke said it's so much faster the game out here and doesn't matter if it's minute one or minute 90 like everyone's running as fast as possible it's so much different and we finally come to to Tommy Redhead now unfortunately Tommy you've, you've had quite a few injury problems but how have you found that that move? Because um, firstly, you, you came from down south in England and then up to Repton and then over to the States. So have you, you found all those different moves? Yeah, it's been interesting. Obviously, like you said, I've been really unlucky with injuries. Just um, I haven't really played for the last three years. So it's just been hard to try, try and adapt to what I need to do. But coming from Repton out here, like the boys said, it's just um, it's very different. Like There's a big gym aspect on it, which I think helps me. With my injuries, just um, getting in the gym every day, trying to get better. 
And um, like the game, it's just you can see from the side of the pitch that everyone's just running and running and running. The game's just so hectic, it's just never stopping. And um, yeah. Well, talking about running and running and running, I remember one of the first things I saw with Lawrence Wyke was when he was about, must have been eight years old, in the under-9s Lawrence at Shrewsbury School. I don't know if you can remember that far back. And when Doug said he was competitive, then that was a, the big first impression is we did some running around the fields at Shrewsbury School on our training camp. And you were you were like the roadrunner. You were miles ahead of everyone. Do you remember that? Yeah, I also remember the uh, thing I did with Dean Whitehouse. Um, and he was training in the army at that one time. I think we were like 10, 11 years old, 12. And I uh, toasted him uh, in a little race. And Joe Riley did well too. Uh, and Dean just never could never stop. And he was so sad that I beat him that day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it would time. be. I, I I can remember that as well. But let's go back though to to the you know that sort of time. Say, I I first met you as an eight year old at Manchester United, and and what was that part of your life like? Those early years in the academy. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was so it was so new to me. Um, you know, I just played kind of Saturday football at Eagley Rangers Nightmares. It was called. Uh, you know, then got picked up by United, and I went down there. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. It was the satellite centre. Um, at the cliff cliff training ground uh, and littleton road um i enjoyed it yeah i uh, enjoyed my football every day um but it kind of came just a bit a little bit of a lifestyle you know um just kind of the standard is, uh it's what you kind of expect coming in you know five six times a week playing games uh and as a kid you know it's just all enjoyment you didn't really think about the bigger picture uh but yeah i loved it I, and i appreciated you know all the impact that i had with the impact the coaches had on me there and uh the enjoyment i got from you know, playing for such a big club at such a, a young age. And who were your biggest influences at the time, like coaches or players that you played with or or family support? You know, who were the people in your early years of development that influenced you the most? Uh, my, uh, my first coach, Quinn Beach, um, he was, he was uh, great with me. Uh, he really helped develop my confidence. Uh, I mean, that was a little later, so I'll talk about that later. Dean Whitehouse, I really appreciated um, him. Um, you know, yourself and then uh, Eamon. Uh, Eamon, uh, I remember him. Um, and then obviously Tony Whelan, who was there throughout throughout it all. Um, just uh, such a great guy. He was just unbelievably caring. I couldn't say enough good words about him. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of it. And then obviously watching, you know, Nemanja Vidic and all these players playing, you know, around them times. It was, it was incredible. And, uh, yeah, with Tony... Now, I've mentioned him a few times on previous podcasts and he's been a mentor to me in my time at Manchester United and not not really for anything on the field. You know, he I don't know if he ever took you for a training session, Lawrence, but it's just that pastoral care that he gives and, and the way he looks after people that that is so special. Would you agree? Definitely, yeah. Um, I, I would openly say I wasn't the, the, the best player in my year group, but it didn't matter to him. It didn't affect how he treated you he just wanted to you know care for you look after you and make sure that you know everything was was going well so yeah he was a top man and he was very impactful you know for my development on and off the field and then at 16 you were you were released unfortunately um what options did you have at that time Lawrence honestly not many um I was released at 16 um I was small I had Osgood Slatters, which has just ended, which is kind of a little um, growth plate injury in the bottom of your, uh, below your knee. Um, so I, I was on and off playing for three years and it was kind of the worst time. At, you know, one of my 
uh, worst years at United, U16. Um, they told me a little bit early in the U16 period to give me a chance to, you know, head somewhere else. So I was grateful for that. Um, I went uh, went down to Rochdale, teams like that. And I wanted a schoolboy scholarship because, I, you know, I'd always worked hard on my academics and I didn't want to just get a BTEC education. Um, that didn't end up working out. Um you know, my confidence was shot after getting released. So, you know, Tony Whelan actually um, sent the Repton uh, thing with yourself, um, you know, and, and that contact that um, Manchester United had there, you know, playing the Southern teams and meeting them in the Midlands at Repton in uh, Derbyshire. Um, so that kind of came along and I jumped to the idea um, because, you know, it's a fantastic football school. And at the same time, you know, you can get an education and, you know, that American pathway was really in the back of my mindset, but, um, it was more just that stability that 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 offered me. So yeah, it was Repton and then Rochdale and a couple of teams like that. I think Yeovil Town asked me to come down and stuff. But uh, I, I, the love of the game wasn't really there at sixteen. After getting released, it was a tough time. That's great, and, and we've heard a lot from the lads, Coach Doug, about what they gain from coming to America. And turn it the way around. What does a place like Furman University get from? English kids coming over and, and what do they bring to your program? Well, Tom, there's, there's a lot. There's, I mean, I, I did the same thing when I was 18. I came over from England. Um, I was in the West Country playing in the Western League. So it was a pretty rough league down there. I was at Extra City uh, for, for a little bit, Bristol City for a little bit. But coming over at 18, um, what America does, it offers you an education as well as still, still being able to play. You don't have to make that choice at 18. Uh, and say, I'm just going to play football, and that's it. And like Lawrence said, just forfeit your education. So uh, I was doing my A-levels and wasn't quite good enough to be a pro. And so I thought, well, why not give it a go? But you think that was in 1984 when I came over, and so there was no YouTube or anything like that. There was no – I had no idea about America. I didn't even know where South Carolina was when I came over. Um, so I actually just got on a plane and um, found found out where I was when I when I landed and – and try to make the most of it. And so, you know, people looked after me when I came over um, and, and got my education. So I, I said the same thing, but if I do bring some foreign kids over or get some foreign kids, I want to look after them like I was looked after because I know how far away from home they are. I know how important it is to their parents, you know, and even, you know, meeting Lawrence's parents is then you know, meeting Luke's mom and then meeting Jake's mom, uh, Isfa as well. You know, it was, I think it was very important to meet the parents and say, look, someone is going to look after you even though you're four and a half thousand miles away from home. Um, and that in this, this day and age is such an important ingredient, Tom. Uh, so bringing, bringing them over, what do they add to us? I mean, Lawrence, I mean, the, just the locker room, the, the atmosphere in the locker room. I mean, Lawrence uh, transformed that locker room like that with the, some of the teammates were a little crazy with him as well, the fish and, and some of the guys that he's still very good friends with. And look at him, he's laughing. You can just see about some of the stuff. But yeah, just uh, I think the atmosphere of, of English boys and just the banter. You know, we got a boy from Wales here, a boy from Iceland as well. Um, uh, but Lawrence had also a couple of other English boys on his team who've graduated too. And I think they keep in touch as well uh, and kind of led the way for, like say, these younger Repton boys. And we've got a couple of other boys as well. Don't want too many, but I, I like the atmosphere. I like the toughness they bring. I like the spine of my team bringing the foreign team because, uh, uh, you know, having Callum Holland here, who's Steve Holland's son as well, he's tactically very astute in what he does and how he plays. 
Uh, and, you know, Miles is uh, one of Lawrence's old teammates as well from Burnley, uh, is a good player. So just they do add something to, to my team and I can identify with them from where they're from. Um, you know, obviously it's a different era from them, but uh, having them on the team, the atmosphere just changes. Uh, and I think the they get in with the American kids and there's such a great uh, dynamic between them and the, their roommates uh, and, the, and the American kids on the team. I, I love it, actually. I think it's great. So would you agree with that, Lawrence, that, that you bring, when you when you came to Furman, you not only brought your on-pitch ability, but you brought some leadership qualities off the pitch and in the, in the dressing room too? Yeah, I think um, I'd go as far to say, you know, with, you know, um, all the guys, I mean, all the English guys that come through. Coming from England, um, you know, the kind of the locker room environment of thing. I mean, people aren't afraid to talk, say things, joke around, you know, and have, and have that, you know, character about them. We, are, we all have that a little bit of character, you know, whether you show it or you don't. Um, so, yeah, going into the locker room, you know, it's just that cultural difference with, you know, American players and kind of just observing one another. It's kind of like, why do they do that? Why do you do that? So there's plenty of things to talk about, you know, develop great relationships with, you know, Americans and then English. And then, you know, like I say, I've, I've been watching, you know, Furman this year, you know, congrats on a, a great year. I mean, and you just see, um, you know, players come over, you know, I've been watching Jake and he, as a freshman, not many strikers really know what to do to get in the box and to do these things. But he already has that wired in his head of what to do. And I feel like there is a little bit of a lack of understanding um, from some American players on kind of what to do, how to do it and where to be at the right time. Uh, and I feel like it, bringing over European players who really have that drilled in from an earlier age, you know, from coaches like yourself, uh, I think it, it's massive for programs. And I think that's why it's really helpful um, in the U.S. Do you, think, do you think that's one big difference between English and, and American kids is that really we live, breed, eat, everything is football all the time. And, you know, there, there's that, you said about the banter. So there's the, the sense of humour. There's always things going on, chatting, taking the mickey, having a laugh. But there's always that football being spoken. Everyone talks football all day. Whereas with American kids, they've got other things going on in their life, really. Whereas in England, we're pretty one dimensional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, it's more like a social club a lot of the times over here. And I mean, won't go into the pay to play and stuff over here, but uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Whereas in England, you know, it's a life and blood of everything. And you know, growing up, it's kind of sad. You know, if you were good at soccer, then you were liked, and if you weren't good at soccer, you weren't liked. You know, or it was a little bit tougher. So it's kind of. It's just a lifeblood of, uh, of uh, growing up in England. I mean, if you're good at if you're good at soccer, then you know that's the be all and end all. You know. So Jake Lawrence said some nice things about you in your freshman season. You know, why do you think you've adapted so well and, and done so well in in your first year? Well, I wish I'd done better and scored more, but I did okay. But thanks to Doug, like he gave he put his trust in me, and then I don't know. I just my natural instinct. I just want to score goals. That's all I want to do. To be honest get in the box and luckily we've had a really really good team this year and they get lots of crosses into me and luckily a couple of them hit the back of the net you scored a few headers only one header to be honest I should have scored more I missed a sitter in one game but next season next season brilliant and Luke just talking about the the difference in culture you've been at Furman a little bit longer now would you would you say that's that's accurate what we've been talking about where 
the American kids, you know, they're keen on their soccer, but the English kids live for their soccer. Yeah, I would like you say, like when you when you're growing up back in England, you just every like break time, you're just kicking the ball around, you find a bit of concrete on the road, you're just kicking the ball. But I find in America, it's just when you you come over and you just you get in the locker room and. Luckily, there were a few English guys on the team for me when I got here, so I kind of was able to click with them because you got some things in common. And then you look around, and there are groups of Americans that do hang together. But like you say at Furman, it was nice that you can kind of just um, intertwine all these groups, and because you've all got football, which is your common domain, and culturally it is different between like coming from the UK where you just do football, football, football. Whereas here there's like American football. So people are talking about these teams that I've never heard of. They still say teams. And I'm like, is that NFL team or is that hockey? Like, I don't know. Um, but we don't have that back home. So that was a nice difference to to look at. So Luke, you're you're going to be finished in a couple of years. What yep. what are your plans? Would you like to follow Lawrence into professional football in the States? Yeah, like I always do think about this. Because um, like you're working so hard on and off the pitch and you're giving 100%, 100% all the time. So why would you not have the end goal of wanting to go professional? But then coming out to America, and I think Furman does it very well and coach can emulate what I say about the alumni on the programme, that there are loads of opportunities away from football. Um, and I think I've also got I'm switched on in my head that I do need a, a career that I know that I can hopefully apply for an internship and get a job and but soccer would be a great option. But at the end of the day, not many people make it. Um, so that's always just a reality check that we have to have. So, yeah. And what do you think, Lawrence, knowing Luke, do you think he's good enough to, to get into professional soccer in the States once he leaves Furman? Yeah, I think it's uh, the biggest thing that I found is it's all about opportunity over here, you know, I've seen so many great players um, who have had the ability, been better than me and not been able to make it. But I think Luke has the mindset um, to graft, you know, work hard every day. And, you know, if if he does that, then hopefully the opportunity will come and he'll take it, you know. Um, so I, I wish, I hope and wish all the boys, you know, that have followed from Repton all, you know, get the opportunity to get into professional ranks. Um- would you, you say that was one of your strongest qualities, Lawrence, that determination, love of the game and the drive uh, to be a better player? You say that was, that's, you know, some of your strongest qualities? Yeah, that was at, that was at times, you know, when I wasn't playing well. Um, all you have is a player, you know, um, just to keep working, keep working and hopefully it'll pay off. Um, keep putting yourself in them situations where you can have the chance to succeed. So, yeah, definitely. And... I know you got a taste of MLS football. You know, how did you think you you cope with that at Atlanta United? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it massively. Yeah, I, I, when you get there, you know, uh, when you play your first MLS game, before you're anxious, you're thinking, "Am I good enough?" That's the biggest question. When you like race and get to a new level, but when, once you play, you know, and you give it your best, then you realise, you know, yeah, I can do this. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed all all of the seven games. Um, it, was, it was just a sta- shame that my uh, international status has affected me this much. Yeah, that that played a part in in finally getting released. But obviously, Tampa Bay had seen you play for Atlanta United too, and and they were really keen to to include you. Yeah, yeah, Tampa is a great club. We always had fantastic games that um, you know they were normally beating everyone in the league. So. I think it's a great stepping stone for me, um, you know, to get some games in since I didn't play much last year. And then, you know, from beyond this year, I know you want to do well this year with Tampa Bay Rowdies. 
And beyond that, would you want to try and get back in the MLS and, and you know, reach that level once more? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm kind of looking at a few avenues to potentially, you know, get hold of a green card or something. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Hopefully looking to get 30 games in this year, you know, smash it and then get back into the MLS next year. Fantastic. And Doug, what, what are your thoughts on, on Lawrence's qualities, you know, looking at him at Furman and why you think he's been successful in getting a professional career and, and what qualities will stand him in good stead in the future? Well, he said it himself. His, his work rate is tremendous. I mean, his, his tenacity and his bite and his tackle, but, but also his passing game was always fantastic. His long-range passing, particularly, uh, I mean, his first game for Atlanta, he was playing right back. And against one of our other players, Walker Zimmerman, who's playing for Nashville. And then I was fortunate to to see him play in his, de- his debut at the Mercedes Stadium in front of 70,000 people. Uh, a couple of other boys were there and his parents were over there as well. And just to, to see him start in front of that, I don't think he was overawed at all by it. You know, you see his name on the big jumbotron coming up and it's a proud moment. But he he deserved that, Tom. He worked so hard for that. He absolutely deserved it because... He's been rejected before at 16. He's been rejected a, a few times. And a lot of guys can't handle that because they, they just say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not good enough. And then they, they finish and they're done. He's he's overcome that several times. And he's, he's got to the point where he's like, I am good enough. And it's that self-determination that Lawrence has, which is brilliant to see. And he works hard at it. He's, he's you know, he's a, he's a football brain. Uh, but he's one of those guys that are on the field. He can play multiple positions and uh, you know, playing right back compared to the six where he's playing for us. And now he's gone back to the six, but he can play a number of positions. But his tenacity and his, his drive to be a professional was so good to see. Um, one of the other things I would say, Tom, is, um, you know, what's the difference in coming over and, and adding a Lawrence to the program with some of the Repton boys? I think they got into a culture of over here that is a little bit different than you find in England. And I found that as well when I came over, because sometimes if you do well in England, people put you down. They're very quick to put you down. And over here, if you have the work rate of a Lawrence, you can succeed. And his work rate always has been the number one thing. Yeah, he's got the skill. He's got different things. But the drive that he has with his skill, um, that combination is rare. And the, the drive to say, I am good enough and I will make it. Is what's is really going to help him succeed uh, more in the future as well. So we all wish him the best too, because he should be playing in the MLS. I, I, I love Tampa Bay Rowdies. I love the fact that he's in a great area and he's doing it. But he knows, and we all know, he belongs in the MLS, and he can definitely play in that league. Yeah. So to be the top pro, you do need the the ability, the technical ability, the the game understanding, and you need that determination. But you also need a lot of support, and I know. Lawrence, your parents are very supportive and it sounds like you you were getting great support from Coach Doug at Furman. How, how helpful was that support that you got there being part of that Furman family? Yeah, it was massive. Uh, you know, first of all, thank you again, Doug. I mean, um, I never thought coming to college um, for the four years, you know, with Paul McGinley, he was fantastic with me at Trinity. And when I went to Trinity University and I had Paul, I was like, no way I go to this next college and, you know, the, the coach can support me as well as Paul did because people joked at my first college and said I was, you know, Paul's golden child. Uh, when I went to Furman, um, you know, Dougie took extremely good care of me. Um, and that that was massive in, you know, my success. Um, just 
doing that and then after that i didn't think pro would be a, a possibility uh, as much as it was after four after four years and then in england with my family having the support there you know driving me to carrington 45 minute drive you know uh from bolton all the way to uh carrington and back you know mom, mom was doing a work in the cafeteria luckily we had that accessory um so yeah I've, i mean i've had great people and mentors all, all around me um which have given me that and you know otherwise i probably wouldn't be where i am t- today no that, that's fantastic and and then looking at, at you jake you know you're listening to this and and thinking that you've got got that support and you want to take advantage of it as well well i've like the utmost respect for what lawrence has done like he's done it the hard way he was like the first one from the repton to do it and he went to a div two school before even coming here as well so he, he had the he had much harder start than me so i've had a bit of a platform thanks to him so i'm already ahead of the game and hopefully if i can carry on doing what i'm doing then one day i could follow in his footsteps but if not like luke said got that education side of it which you can get here which you can't do in england so it's just a win-win to be honest so what would you say jake to to someone in england you know maybe someone that's sort of 15 16 years old looking at the possibility of, of doing their A-levels and then going out to the States or or maybe a parent and you've got a, a child like that and, and you're pouring everything into their academy. Um, but if they don't make it, do you think that, that this route to, to carry on education and play a high standard of football in the States is, is a good option for them? Well, the hardest decision of my life, yes, easily is when I decided to leave Stoke just to stay at Repton. And like Repton came out of nowhere when I was younger. And then I just thought I'd be easily be able to juggle Repton and Stoke. And then I just fell in love with playing re- football at Repton and just didn't fall in love. I fell out of love with Stoke. So then I, did, I went back into the room when Stoke asked me to, I, they need more time with me to get my scholarship and stuff. And I told them no. And they were like shocked. They couldn't believe what I was saying. I was like, no, that's it. So I went out and told all my friends that I played with for like eight years. I was like, that's it. And then best decision I've ever made obviously I, I don't know the full spec of like what's it what it's going to do but today I'm so, so glad of what I did it was the toughest thing I ever did but it's the best thing I ever did and with the thanks to Mr Carrington and you and Ash Hill everyone that's been that around me at Repton and then thanks to Doug now I've been able to do this opportunity out here and I've managed to get all my GTSEs three A levels and now I'm trying to get a bachelor's degree out here whilst trying to still go pro so I've not lost anything. I've only gained everything. And thanks to so many people. Yeah. And I think that that's something coach Doug, that, that is a shame in England is that the, you seem to get to a point and Jake got to that point at 14. Um, sometimes it comes at 16 where you have to choose between education and, and football. And in the States that, that doesn't seem to be the case. Do you think that the England should look a bit more carefully at, at that sort of split of, of getting kids to choose at that early age? Well, Tom, I definitely think one thing. Luckily, all these boys here, while playing football, they carried on their education, where there's a lot of boys in England and all over the world, other than really here, that they just give up their education just to the, for the dream of playing football. Everyone dreams of playing professionally. Everyone does. And to get to Lawrence's level is, is you know rare to be that level. But they, they need to continue their education. Luckily, I continued my A-levels too, and you have that drive to study as well and be a true student athlete but um, it does give you the option Um, as Luke said the good thing about a university like a Fermi University is 
there are other options if you cannot make it as a as a top football player like Lawrence has. But Lawrence has got a, a, a fantastic degree too, because one day football won't be there. But luckily, he's got the education. He's met people over here because I'm telling you, one of the things that happened to me with my first four or five years here, this is my 26th year, first four or five years here was all about just I've got to get the best players. That's it. I want to win everything. My last 20 years have been about I've got to get a good culture because I want these kids to understand when people leave here and they become alumni that they will give back to the current players. And that's pretty rare around the universities over here in America, too. But the alumni culture that's built within our system, when Luke, his first thing he did when he came over here, we, we took the team back to England and, and played. And, uh, uh, you know, we take trips every four years to different places in Europe with the team, bring sponsors, bring alumni. But our alumni come back and talk to our kids. And no matter what, it's very important that they do that. The, the, the current players know they're supported by alumni. Lawrence has been back a couple of times already, and he met with the Repton boys the last time he came back. Alec Khan, who's a, a goalkeeper in Atlanta as well, he's come back several times. In fact, he Zoomed with all of our uh, our uh, goalkeepers in preseason. Shea Salinas, who plays for San Jose, he Zoomed with the whole team during the pandemic. You know, Walker Zimmerman is, is always coming back here. So he married another farmer girl as well. So the, the alumni, the culture, Tom, to me, is something that we built here. Uh, and that's because when I came over, I, I want to do that when I have my own program. And I think that supports the boys when they go out on their own, like Lawrence, to say, um, you're not on your own. <laughs> you can always call us. We can, we'll always help you. Get, if you need a letter written, you need a recommendation, you need anything at all, we will always be here for you. Why? Because you're one of us. And I think the boys in the program really can see that now, you know. Yeah, and Doug, I think Luke's someone that you might need to give a lot of support to in the future because when his mum finds out he doesn't want to be a dentist anymore and he's going to stay in the States, then he's going to need a lot of help, Luke. Do you think you'll be calling Coach Doug for that support? Yeah, I'll be calling, I'll be calling Loz first, obviously. Just uh, <laughs> guided me through this so far. But yeah, Doug will be my point of call. So you're doing economics then? At yeah, the moment, doing economics and uh, enjoying that. And like you say, like I think a main difference is just the following. I, I find in America, I didn't realize it until like now, really, just that all the games, ESPN Plus, so everyone's watching it. Um, huge fans coming to the, the games. Like there's a big following compared to what we would have been able to do if I was to do a economics or pre dental in the UK. And I find like for the people that are listening, the ability to go to America and still kind of have the like the kudos of playing a high level of football and getting a degree and having a big following is something that why would you not want to do it? And it's yeah. great. And, and you you three guys, Luke, um Luke and, and Tommy and Jake, you were all in the team in my my final year at Repton as director of coaching there. And uh, it was a it was a really strong team, and we played some incredible football. You know, really high level school football. You're talking under 18s football that is was as good as, as some academy under 18s level football. But but we only had like three people watching us. You know, there was just a yeah. couple of parents there, and so that that is a big difference. Um, so you you you're getting some crowds to come and watch you now, are you guys? Yeah, you're getting crowds, and recently set up something called the Furman Den where. Uh, some guys in the freshman year have got drums out. They've got flares going. They're painting on their shirts, numbers. And yeah, it's just a huge following. And the games are getting advertised around campus. And I find like 
the Repton games, they were like, oh, you just say to your mates in-house at dinner, oh, I've got a game tonight, do you want to come out and watch? And I'd be like, yeah, maybe. So, Yeah, so that that's maybe, we were talking about the culture in England where, you know, it's all football all the time, but but schools football is not that huge, whereas university soccer in, in America is massive. So it must be great feeling just playing in front of a crowd and playing on TV. You know, have have you adapted to that, guys? Yeah, like I, like I said, I think it's um, it was something to, like a shock at the start. So you line up and uh, you're singing the national anthem. Still yet to learn that. Won't be able to get my green card unless I know that. So uh, <laughs> You're halfway there, aren't you, Luke? Halfway there. And then um, they're just calling out your name. And that was something that we never really did uh, at Repton or that universities back home do. And I think it makes it more like a professional game. So it's a great thing to be a part of. And I think Jake and Tommy can both say that like they enjoy when they walk out and it's just something completely different to what you, what you do in England. And then you, you move that on Lawrence to playing in front of 70,000 for Atlanta United. And does that university experience prepare for that? Or is there nothing that can prepare you for 70,000? <laughs> uh, well, at that point I knew I'd had to play. I knew Frank Navarro was going to put me in. So, you know, I, there was no time to be worried. Um, but no, honestly, the, um, Kind of, I like the college game and especially at Furman and the kind of the funnel from playing regular season to then tournament time in the in the conference. And then when you did that, you made it to the NCAA tournament and then you played national nationally. I mean, we went to, you know, uh, Wilmington, we went to Virginia uh, to play against these nationally ranked teams. Uh, and honestly, I still got similar nerves playing them games before them games to professional games. I mean, it's all the same. I mean, everything's on the line. You want to do it for the, the team. You want to do it for the school. You know, you want to do it for your coaches. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect and that competitiveness in the college game is still there. And, you know, we were taking penalties at um, UNC Wilmington and all the fans were on the barrier behind the goal, heckling, shouting things. And, you know, there must have been thousands of fans at that game and that was just a college game you know um it's it's incredible and and coach Doug do you see yourself you know, keep going back to England and and, and maybe even still reps in school to try and find the, these quality kids that not only can contribute on the field but but bring a lot of personality and leadership and and really uh great qualities to your program yeah why, why not look at the four in front of you right now who've just been quality um but they're also good students, Tom, um, and that's huge because there's a variety of different universities and, and colleges over here in America that, and divisions as well, as Lawrence was alluding to, too. But you can you can find yourself, our, our university's a, a school of about 2,500, 2,700, whereas when I first came over, I went to a school of 22,000. And there's schools like we took Lawrence to Ohio State when we played there. Remember, Lawrence? And, I mean, that was... Uh, 56,000 students, you know, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was almost the size of England, you know, I mean, it was just to go that, and the facilities at some of these universities are just amazing, absolutely amazing. But, and, and we, we're very, very lucky to have the, the stadium we have. Uh, when I first came over and got the Furman job, Umbro Worldwide was based in Greenville, which is, it was based two miles away from campus. And Pele actually came over and dedicated the stadium. Uh, I had to host Pele for a weekend and I'd never been to Greenville, you know, so I had to, I had to meet this guy wow. named Pele and I'm like, it's unbelievable. So the, it is, people still don't understand that there's, the standard of college soccer is actually quite good. 
you know, um, when I came over, it wasn't as good as it is now. Um, certainly wasn't that there wasn't as many foreign guys in it, but um, it was it was the, the point where if I haven't quite made it. It's not going to be that good in America. Well, I think the boys have found that the 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 college level of football is very very strong. Uh, there are different levels of teams, but the, it is very strong. And some of the players you're playing with and against are very good. So I think it's clear that that for an English lad who is academically talented but and football uh, has a football ability as well coming to the states is a great option for them and i think that's that's a clear message here and lawrence you you have made it into that professional rank so having having done that looking to luke and tommy and jake now now what is the best bit of advice you can give those guys to try and make it to that next level of professional football just keep uh, just keep going with what you're doing. I mean, it's the biggest thing that I've noticed in the professionals and what separates the MLS guys from the USL guys and, you know, USL guys from guys in lower divisions and, you know, guys that can't make it is consistency. Um, I know a lot of players, you know, that are in the MLS now who just do things right every time, you know, passing to the back foot, playing the right side, recovering, you know, getting touch tied to players in the box, not giving them space. And they just do everything right every single time. And it pays dividends. Um, so if they really want to make it and that's what they want to do, they need to focus on everything that they're doing in the game and make sure everything is perfect and done every single time. What about sacrifices as well? Definitely. Um, I mean, you know, um, now Luke's settled a little bit, you know, he he won't be going out too much and uh, doing any of that. But yeah, you've got to sacrifice. You've got to kind of take it seriously, take recovery seriously. Massive too, I know. They're in Greenville, South Carolina. It's a hot place. You need to, you know, recover well, drink well. Um, you know, nutrition is massive. That's kind of something I've noticed um, in 70, 80 minutes in a game. I, get, I used to get cramp a lot in college. Uh, now I'm, you know, able to do a little bit more just because I'm eating better uh, and I'm really taking care of things outside of football um, and focusing on things off the field a little bit. But yeah, sacrifices are definitely a massive part. I mean, that's just something that we've been used to from a young age too. So the Furman, the Furman lads, any anything that you'd like to say? You know, getting towards the end now. Anything you'd like to say at the end to to Lawrence? Good Thank to see you, you for creating this pathway for us and being able to give us the opportunity. He put the trust in Doug in first and then we're just trying to keep it going for future people. Hopefully we can do that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I'd like to say as well, thanks, Lazar. Um, you're doing well. I know it's hot down there, so yeah, just keep working. And yeah, like you say, you, you've made it before in the MLS, so why are you not going to make it again? You know what I mean? Just like you say, just keep grinding, you'll get there. And for us, it's nice to look at you to see that you've been able to do it, so why can't we? And it's just that possibility makes it ever ever so clear and more realistic for us. So it's nice to nice to have someone that we know quite well that has done it. So look forward to our future years here. Coach Doug, final words to the boys? Uh, I'd, I'd say, I mean, they're right. Lawrence paved the way for these guys. I still remember Lawrence at Ohio State. I think he's rooming two doors down from me. I can still hear him, him and Jack Shields in the room. But he came over to me, he goes, I got this kid, Luke, who uh, you need to look at. 
you know, he's a, a Repton boy and he's someone who plays, you know, he's a good player, he's a big centre back. You need to look at him. So it's uh, that kind of recommendation is is good. And then obviously, uh, we, I knew Tommy from Mr. Carrington. Then Luke told me about Jake. And, and so I think that's good. I think that that reputation is good. The, the track record is good. But we really wish Lawrence the best. He's, he's great. What I like most is he's always Lawrence, he never changes. And that we don't want him to change. Be yourself, Lawrence. You're, you're good enough to to be in that league. You'll get back in that league. And uh, and and the the fact that you're that competitive, and you, you say thanks to the right people always. You always remember the people that have helped you along the way. Uh, it says a lot about you and how your parents brought you up. So just so glad you're in our program, and uh, wish you the best. We're going to follow you. Thank you, coach. Everything you've done too. Well, that, that's great. And, and it's, it's really rewarding for me. You know, I've known Lawrence since he was eight years old. I've known Jake and, and Luke and Tommy since they were in their early teens. And it's just fantastic to see them grow and, and to see four guys that are achieving so well. They're such good people, such great guys, and, and they're achieving in football as well. So it's been an absolute pleasure to connect with the four of you again. It's been Brilliant, really, to, to meet you, Doug, and, and I congratulate you and thank you for all the work that you've done with these lads. And uh, I just wish everyone all the best in the future and, and hope you continue your success. And, and we'll certainly be following Furman a little bit more closely. And, uh, you know, let's maybe, you know, do this again in, in a year's time, see where we all are. And, uh, and hopefully people have made even more progress. But thanks for your time, gentlemen. It's been superb. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next time on the Go Play Soccer podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you have a question or comment for us, or if you'd like to take part in one of our podcasts, please email podcast at goplaysoccer.com.